Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 161 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I chat with Jen Hurst. She is a sober mom and she is the owner and founder of Living Zero Proof. On today's episode, we talk all about staying sober. I know, it's a very general, broad concept, but I think it's going to surprise you of what it takes to stay sober. It's like this fine balance between risk, uncomfortability, and stress. You know, everything that we've been trying to change, manipulate, or control, it all plays a part and staying sober, and it contributes to your sobriety journey. This is such an interesting and amazing conversation with Jen, so let's get into it. At A Sober Girl's Guide, we are all about accountability and action to help you make changes with your relationship to alcohol stick. Soberlink is a device and accountability system that uses tech and real-life relationships to do just that. It allows you to share your sobriety in real time with loved ones that can cheer you on and offer you support along your journey. There is nothing like this out there. This unique remote alcohol monitoring system will help you thrive in recovery and stay connected with people who care. For $50 off and a free guide to gaining confidence in early recovery, visit www.soberlink.com backslash ASGG. Hi, Jen. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Where in the world are you right now? So I am up kind of near you. I live in okay. Deep River Falls, Minnesota. So a, a hour from the Canadian border, which I don't know if I can get into Canada based on my DWI history. 
I have to check it. That would be that. a no. That would be a no. Okay, great. Fantastic. <laughs> so I'll never see you <laughs> uh, unless you come here. Um, but but you're on the East Coast, right? June. You're like East Coast. In Minnesota. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we moved here back in June. So we were living in Minneapolis before that. And then okay. I married a guy from up here. And our intention was to always move to a smaller town, which I completely said, absolutely not when we first started dating. Cause I was just your classic city girl yeah. and slowly, but surely he kind of inched me out of the city. <laughs> and I started to be like, okay, yeah, yeah. I love this, the small town life. And then we finally did the big push yeah. um, last June and I freaking love it. We're going to get, really? we got two cat. I actually have four animals in my room with me. Sorry if they interrupt, wow. but yeah, we got two cats. We, we're going to get chickens. <laughs> Oh, you guys crazy. are like living off the land. Like, right. Yeah. And okay. Everyone was so surprised when they heard we were moving. Cause I'm just your typical city person, but I don't think you really know something until you try it. And I yes. never knew that I could love this like easier, simpler way of living and the quiet life. And it just, yeah. I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? But loving it. Yeah. Well, sometimes it takes like a partner or like a marriage to help you figure that out. Give you a little nudge along, right? Right. I know. I'm like, wow, I mean, might as well throw in some cows and goats and uh, I'll have a whole shebang here. Oh my God. I would love some goats. One so animal at a time. Do. Yeah. So. <laughs> Focus on one animal at a time. That's awesome. I know. Um, it's funny Last that you asked. Cats, this year's chickens. <laughs> It's funny that you ask about like the DUI situation, because like that is a question that came up with on, I do weekly, like ask me anything's on Instagram. Yeah. And that was a question that someone asked, like, can I come into Canada if I've had a DUI? And the answer is no, you cannot. Well, I think you have to is wait. Is there like, a specific limit? Is there like a 10 year waiting period or just forever you are banned from our country? That's a good question. And I'm not too familiar on the details. I think it's about like 10 years and like you, you still have to like go through, like get like some kind of clearance or like you, there is some legal like hoops you have to jump through, like before you even like get to the border because you will be like literally be denied. Yeah. Like you can fly. Like you know, my it's friend just flew from New York. She flew from New York to Vancouver, literally at customs, like denied her. And she had to like turn around in the airport and go back home. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I completely understand that, but at the same point when you're rebuilding your life Mm -hmm. and in a completely different state than you were, you know, eight, nine years ago for me, when I got my second one, it's hard to have that still bite you in the ass of, Yeah. That's still coming up when you think you've kind of cleaned up your side of the street and wanting to do all these things, but nothing against your country. Cause I would love to come there. But <laughs> well, we'll I mean, we, we take it, I guess, really seriously. I think it's like, look, yeah. as like a felony or something. So yeah. So Have we're not messing around. One? No, no, not okay. for lack of trying. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it's not funny, but it is kind of funny. Like, well, and I mean, it's just something that some of us have to go through, unfortunately. Yeah. And I can't even say that that was my turning point. Yeah. Both of them, you know, one happened in 2005, the other happened in 2013. Yeah. And even then that wasn't, that wasn't it for me. That wasn't enough. And I still had to kind of push it for yeah. me to, to have it click. And, mm-hmm. but I think those were very good uh, data points for me to mm-hmm. get me to that point as well. Why do you think it didn't click? Like, why do you think it didn't slow you down at all? Or why didn't it like, wasn't your wake up call? Cause that's yeah, essentially what they're know, supposed I'm- to do. Right. Like, Right, you, it's DUI, like you have face. to go to AA, you have to do the whole I'm, thing. Yes. The court dates, the, the amount yep. of shame that you feel and anxiety and, oh my gosh, what happened and dread Mon- and fines money. and yeah. Yeah. Getting your license taken away. You know, for me, I got my car taken away, got whiskey plates, had to have a breathalyzer in my car, had to do a wow. day in jail, four months pregnant, like all of this stuff, which I don't, I don't bash. I I just had to do what I had to do because yeah. of what I did. Yeah. But it took me, I'm very persistent and I'm a go, go, go person. And I'm, I could put my mind to anything mm-hmm. and I could achieve. I came from a perfectionist family and where we kind of earned our love by what we could produce. So I naturally became an overachiever, For a sure. perfectionist from a very young age. And when I set my mind to something, I mean, I'm very tenacious. I go, I really go after and I go all in. And when I couldn't do this, I didn't understand why mm. I kept trying to prove to myself that I could do this. Yeah. I got these things, but I could, I could do this. Yeah. And by that point, it wasn't even wanting to drink. I felt like I had to drink to even function because I kept just getting all of these consequences thrown at me, but it wasn't enough until I really felt myself dying Hmm. and, and I know that kind of to get like really morbid right off the bat, but it just goes to show I had to push myself and I hope to, I hope, hope, hope by sharing our stories and helping other women and uh, that hearing this, that they don't have to reach that sort of low that maybe you and I did or other people did, but I really had to physically feel myself dying and losing, you know, I lost my job. I lost my car and I came from a great family who didn't drink. I got straight A's. I, if you look at my before and after pictures, that's why I really like to show that because you wouldn't think you wouldn't think to that. I had a problem. And I think that kept me in denial for so many years because I didn't look and fit Mm -hmm. the description of what I thought someone needed to be in order to get help. Totally. yeah. And from my childhood, we don't let other people see what's really going on inside us. You put on the, the image and the status that you've got your shit together yeah. and you can do this stuff and you look good. You yeah. fit that description. And I think that really comes into play now as women where you really don't know what's going on behind the smile. Because during those years where I post leading up to my wedding, I'm smiling. I'm, you know, a size two, hair is done, makeup's done. But what you don't see is like, I am really struggling by myself. Yeah. I'm drinking every day to control my stress, which is laughable now because that only yeah. increases our stress. Yeah. And 
really trying to do this by myself. So no one would know this about me mm. and that I was internally struggling so bad where I was literally killing myself. Mm. Um, but it had to get to that point for me. Um, like I said, I'm really stubborn. And, and when I couldn't do that thing, it, it beat me up inside. So then I would try harder and I would yeah. smile bigger and not even my husband knew of what was going on for wow. many years. He didn't really understand until, um, I'm kind of like going into my story, but mm. he didn't really understand or, or really see it until the day after our wedding. Wow. And, uh, okay. What happened the day after? Yeah. Yeah. Well, really. And my, my drinking didn't really happen just like one day I just woke up and I loved it. You know, yeah. I had my first drink at 15. I did normal college drinking if there was such a thing. Yeah. And it really started with kind of heartbreak of learning to, from my roommates that I could control how I felt by taking an Adderall. Oh. And I got, it clicked in my mind then that, okay, well, I can change how I feel with something else. And I don't have to feel pain. Yeah. I don't have to feel this right now. And it was just like a light and I didn't start drinking like every day, but that just ign- planted a seed yeah. that I could use that as a tool anytime life gets hard. So interesting. You're leading up. Yeah. And and he was like, and it just like clicked, just like sobriety clicked for me one day. I just decided I didn't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, and it wasn't just one thing that was like slapped me in the face. It was in detox where I said, if I continue drinking, I'm literally going to die soon. Mm -hmm. But what if I just didn't drink and I just showed up? And I was just so tired at that point. But the day after my wedding, it was really a year leading up to that point of overworking. I was, I had, I am a classic workaholic where I had a full-time job. I had a full-time freelance job. I was doing my wedding and the design and everything by myself for a year. And I didn't go out. I just worked, worked, worked. And I drank, drank, drank to manage the stress. Wow. And I was kind of obsessed with this image that I have to look great at my wedding. So I would exercise and exercise the alcohol off and I would do it again. Yeah. And I would do it again. And it just gradually escalated where even a month or two leading up to my wedding, I was questioning, I think I have a problem. I couldn't go a day or three days without drinking. I would set little mini goals for myself of, okay, five days is my goal. If I cannot drink for five days, then I'm good. Then I'm not an alcoholic. And I was so Uh, scared of that. Classic. Right. Yeah. And then I couldn't do it. And I'm like, God, shit. Like I can't do it. And then I beat myself up and I tried to do it again, but do it in by myself. I was so scared of those words. And, um, and then a couple of weeks leading up to my wedding, I started taking Adderall um, to get everything done. Cause I was uh, just so stressed out from that. And yeah. I just literally collapsed after my wedding. I was so Whoa. exhausted yeah. and run down and I just couldn't hide it anymore. I didn't give myself those breaks. Yeah. So now when you see it, if you follow my page, I give myself these breaks and I get hotel stays, which I just did the other day mm-hmm. to mentally like refuel 
if mm. when times are hard, so I can show up better for my kids and my husband and myself. Yeah. But I didn't give myself that time. And um, that point, I couldn't hide it anymore. And that began a year and a half journey of actively trying to get sober, of mm. go- going into inpatient stays of, you know, checking out my first AA meeting of trying other things of uh, to the shame is like a really big part of my story, but trying Mm. mouthwash as a, as a drink of choice, uh, because I felt, I know, right. Isn't that disgusting? I can't even, even the alcohol free kind today. I can't, I know it's good for my teeth, but it, it makes me want to vomit because it just brings me back to those days. Yeah. For a whole year, I would drink mouthwash and get drunk off it. And I felt less shame going into a Target or Walgreens and buying a bottle of mouthwash than actively going into and walking into a liquor store. Yeah. And feeling that like dread of buying something, you know, at 11 a.m. And uh, it's just the association with it. And other things like rubbing alcohol, I tried and anything I could get my hands on to to give me that escape, Mm. I think. and yeah, going into inpatient stays, outpatient stays, um, relapsing. Uh, but like I said, I had to get to a point where I was kicked out of my house uh, from my husband. He set a boundary where if he catches me drinking, then I have to leave. And that's when I got my second DWI, was trying to leave our house. And I drank to cope with the sadness. And yeah. uh, I remember researching on my parents' bed cardiac arrest because I felt my hands were going numb and my heart and I just felt like I was going to have a heart attack at any moment from mixing Adderall and alcohol oh yeah uh, and I'm like so I was like okay drink milk and it was at that point where it's just like what am I doing you know (laughs) like Like, what is the point of all this Oh my gosh. It is so exhausting. Uh, and it wasn't, they took me into a detox. My parents did. They found me at, I, what they tell me now, they found me and, uh, I had to go with my dad to my office because they couldn't trust me. And I, apparently I had, I think I had blacked out from drinking mouthwash at his office. And he took me to a detox where I blew like a 0.34 and shit. it wasn't like that that scared me, but it, it, yeah. what scared me more was that I was doing that for over a year, like drinking to that extent yeah, and mouthwash. So I was more scared of what I did to my body and yeah. those times where I was, you're kind of playing with, with death almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was in that detox day where I made that decision. And I was, remember I was like sitting on my bed and, you know, it's, it's so, you know, you don't have anything you're, you're so uh, in your mind about what happened, but I was just like, I'm just sick. I'm just done and I'm sick and tired. And I just knew the only thing that would make that situation worse is if I drank. Yeah. So um, I gave up the outcome of what's going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to make it with my husband. And uh, I just yeah. started doing the next right thing of going to another inpatient stay yeah. and cleaning up my past of my DWI 
going into outpatient stay, all of that. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest difference this time around was when I had made the decision. And I don't know if you agree mm. with this, but I think it's so hard to tell someone what, when they asked me, what did it take for you? And mm. I keep saying, honestly, one day I was just done. And it was like the decision to have kids. Like when you know you're done, you're done or to have more kids. Yeah. Which I don't think I've gotten exactly to that point yet. I'm 98% sure we're done, <laughs> but, uh, but it was just like black or white with me. And yeah. after I made that in that decision within myself, yeah, everything became easier Yeah, because I wasn't trying to fight this thing anymore. I was most, I was quite surrendering to, yeah, I can't do this. And yeah. the only way to get better is to not drink and to just start cleaning up everything. And I got honest with my husband about my Adderall use, which I thought he was going to leave. Yeah. I thought he was going to like, I had this whole scenario with my mind of me telling him and he, he was going to like destruct the entire room and bust out of the door <laughs> and like ask for a divorce. But all he said yeah. was, okay. He was like, well, are you done? I'm like, well, yeah, but that doesn't bother you at all. And it's just amazing the scenarios that we can make up in our mind of how oh, people are going to react. Totally. To kind it's of all in our trip. mind. It's yeah. 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 And he was just so understanding and he just wanted me to get better. And mm. before I entered that last inpatient stay, I, we had kind of, I really wanted to have kids and it was so hard because the more I drank, the farther I were, was from having them. Mm-hmm. And before I entered my last inpatient, we kind of took a drive in this neighborhood and like, it sounds so cliche, but I, I literally saw my life, our life and what it could be like. Yeah. And, you know, I saw two kids and I saw this awesome house and everything that I wanted. And I, I used that image to kind of motivate me throughout those times when things were hard. Yeah. But like I said, once you make that decision, everything just becomes so much easier. And, and from slowly, I mean, I did, everything didn't get magical the next day. I had a lot of crap to clean up and court dates. And like I said, a day in jail, four months pregnant, which is really humbling, but everything started getting great after I started drinking was all these awesome things started happening of, you know, four months into my sobriety, I got pregnant. Yeah. Uh, four months into my sobriety, I got a new job, a great job, Yeah, you know, seven months into, it, I got a promotion and I just started noticing all these good things and all, you know, I just wasn't drinking, but I was also just going through the motions of mm. showing up and, and doing the work and, and, uh, kind of rebuilding my life that I've, that I slowly destroyed, especially in that last year, kind of quickly destroyed. Uh, but you get to get that back and I really like to think you're not really recovering from something, but you're also discovering who you really are. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's something so cool about sobriety is that you, every single day I'm learning more and more about myself and yeah. listening to like, what do I like? Like when I first got sober, I didn't know what yeah. I like. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, you know, the need to drink at certain things probably was a sign that I just didn't think that was fun. And Mm -hmm. that's, so that's kind of my whole, uh, 
intention is to really find those things. And how can I be more true to who I am and owning that? Because for my whole life, I was trying to be someone else. And I was trying to be who society thought I should be of fit into this, wear this, do this. This isn't good enough. You're not good enough. I think that was my main story was I wasn't good enough. Yeah. And, um, and slowly but surely this kind of turned into something else, but I'll kind of pause. And (laughs) I know I kind of rambled on for about 15 minutes there. No, it's it's great to hear my story. Yeah. It's great to hear your story. What, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of times that you would, you, you discovered that like Adderall and drinking, you know, you could, you could um, escape your emotions or you could change your emotions. What, what do you think those emotions were that you were running from or wanting to change? What were those like triggering emotions? I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. For you. Emotions of, I mean, I really started to drink to sleep, like racing thoughts, anxiety, controlling, you know, the what ifs and uh, nervousness of social anxiety. I'm a classic introvert and being around a group of people or even doing this podcast, like freaks me out. Um, (laughs) So trying to, trying to control and make me more extroverted. Uh I always thought, and I've only come to that conclusion, like a year ago that it's okay to be an introvert and it's okay to enjoy quiet time that I always thought society wanted me to be loud, to be talkative, to Mm. go party and go, I'll do these things when I really just enjoy. (laughs) So I sound so freaking old, but like a quiet night in and, Mm. you know, going to bed early and time by myself. 
That's why I do these hotel stays is that's how I refuel and focusing on what really lights me up and what really sucks the energy out of me. So I did it to, I started drinking to become more extroverted, become more talkative and outgoing. And then I would also take Adderall because then I could get a lot of stuff done because I'm a class, Mm. like I said, I was a classic workaholic. I was high functioning alcoholic, which I don't even know if I like to use that term anymore, but, um, but it helped me to get a lot done. Yeah. So I loved that. But then once the Adderall wore off, then I would be dealing with all this anxiety, which, Mm. okay. So the cure for that anxiety is to drink. So I would do Adderall in the day and then I would drink at night. Yeah. And you're just, it's this constant state of trying to control what you feel and thinking that feeling an emotion is somehow bad, which is really what I teach now is understanding that feeling emotions is completely normal and feeling sad is okay. That feeling uncomfortable is okay. Yeah. To be shy is okay. To be happy is okay. Yeah. It's just really sitting with that feeling and not feeling like we have to escape it. And I sure as hell get off days where I don't feel like myself. I just think I just had one couple days last week where like, I feel really different and I don't know why, but I don't need to change that with a substance yeah, or something that takes me out of that. And I always like to suggest to my clients, even the, have you seen the movie inside out? No. I don't think oh so. my God. What is it's it? What, what it's about? Okay. Is it like a, like a Disney all, movie or? Pixar? Yeah. I, no, okay. it's Disney Pixar. I'm not okay. sure. Um, but it's all about emotions. And I I had my clients watch it because it's just a, you know, and it's great for kids to start working on this. My daughter's already kind of working on emotions at school, which I think is awesome. Yeah. But you realize, and maybe this is a, uh, not a trigger warning, a spoiler alert that in the end, you realize that sadness is just as important as joy the emotion because everyone likes joy they they think sadness is like a dull and a buzzkill and they're like totally. Why sadness here no one wants you yeah but then you realize that riley which is the person in the story she needed to feel sad in order for her to move on mm. and so i think it's just really understanding that it's okay to feel a certain way and we don't have to change who we are to become someone else yeah. Or we think that alcohol will make us into this better person that we're sold through marketing. It's that accepting ourselves as ourselves yeah. and becoming more of who we are is really what we should work on. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people, I mean, speaking from experience, like if you maybe continuously feel a way, like maybe if you're continuously sad or like, yeah, or angry for like, you know, maybe an extended period of time that then you're going to be labeled or you're going to like, then take on like that becomes like a personality trait for you as opposed to like just a feeling. So it's like, Oh, well, if I'm, if I'm angry for two or more days and then I'm just, I'm just an angry person. And that's a scary, that's a scary place to be like, and it's a scary thing to be labeled, but it's, it's not true. And I think I mean, for me, like even evading those, those emotions and, and trying to, um, you know, scoot around them or, or 
camouflage them or change them just made them that much worse, right? Yeah. Because if you try and like hide it or you try and, and to like bottle it up, eventually that shit is like a pressure cooker and it's going to just mm-hmm. explode when you least expect it. And yeah, then people might label you as like angry or sad because it's like, holy shit, where did that come from? Well, yeah. And, and us not, it's, a, it's funny how when even we don't speak our, what we need in yeah. setting boundaries to how that can just explode into other areas. For sure. I had a client once where, uh, you know, her husband wanted to cuddle at night and she really, you know, she was with the kids all day and uh, she wanted to just relax. And yeah. we found out her irritability the next day was based on because she chose spending time with her husband when you really want to do something else. But that mm. also lashed out into your, you know, into your next day and into your next day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think anytime you do feel down, it's you kind of question, all right, well, am I depressed? Is this, you know, do I need to do something? Do I need to see a doctor? Do I need to go on medication? And, and yeah, yeah, in in some cases, yes, you know, therapy is an awesome tool, but some days you're not, they're going to have good days, bad days, in between days, anxious days, off days. It's just, it's just part of life. Yeah. Life isn't perfect. Yeah. And it's important to remember that emotions come and go. Like it's not, this isn't the end all be all right? Like just because you feel sad or angry or anxious, like one day or even for an hour doesn't mean that like, okay, this is how you're going to be for the rest of eternity, (laughs) which I can kind of feel that way. Right. And it's like, how do you even, I guess, start off with how do you even identify these emotions? When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria LG Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Honestly, when I first started, I needed a list of in treatment. They give you like a whole list of emotions. I'm like, what is a word for what I'm feeling? I don't understand. So, and on, and really where do I feel it? 
Mm-hmm. And am I feeling sad or am I frustrated? So really mm-hmm. I give people like a feelings list to just start naming emotions and even applying these tools to my kids too and understand and learning how to parent in a way for them to yeah. accept their feelings too and not try to like shush it away. Cause I so often hear, and I, this is how I was raised too, is like, don't be sad. Don't cry. Like shake it off. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> don't cry about it. And in reality, I tell you my daughter, it's okay to cry. Yeah. It's okay to feel sad. You're, you're really sad right now. Right. Yeah. And teaching that at a very young age to know that she can cry and yeah. that's okay. I don't need to try to make her feel better, yeah. but in order for her to develop into a human being, <laughs> into a human being, but into someone who can help manage her emotions, she needs how to know how to bring herself down, but I can mm-hmm. love her through that and, and just be there with her. Yeah. But I don't need to fix her as well as I don't need to fix myself, but I can also apply tools to help me manage my emotions. And one big emotion that I, I hear, especially from my groups and within myself is stress, mm, yep. overwhelmed. What are you feeling? Burned out. I'm really frustrated. I'm exhausted. Yeah. And these are terms I hear a lot. And, yeah. and I think, like I said, giving them that list and then really focusing on, okay, this is what I'm feeling yeah. and understanding that no one dies from feeling a feeling, yeah. but we can, but the action we take based on that feeling that we have. So what is the action that you take if you're sad yeah. or what's the action that you take if you're stressed? Cause that is what gets us, yes. but we can sit with it. And how can we learn to just journal it out? Or I always promote exercise and meditation. Like that's been my constant for stress management. Yeah. But help us move through those and release it Yeah. in a healthy way. Because a lot of times if you get, like you said, if you get angry and you get all this stuff and things keep building, you're going to just explode. Yeah. And it's going to come out. It's going to come up because someone dropped something on the floor and be like, God damn it. Yeah. Like mom, I just dropped something on the floor rather than, okay, if I feel this and most often I feel anxiety in my chest, I need to release that in some sort of way. Because if I just let it fester sometimes, yeah, that doesn't do me any good, especially with anxiety. So I really like to go on walks. Like those have been a constant, uh, a recent addition in my sober toolkit of, it sounds so simple, but like, it is so effective. And I, yeah. I think I heard from Glennon Doyle, the harder the problem, usually the simpler the solution. Because sometimes mm-hmm. we just, you know, that goes back to the halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Sometimes we just yeah. need a nap. Yeah. Sometimes we just need to get outside. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes we just need to drink a glass of water because we're, we haven't drank and we're really dehydrated yeah. of taking care of ourselves yeah. and all the different aspects of sobriety that lead to this whole kind of toolkit that we develop uh, that help keep us sober. Yeah. I mean, when we're in, the, in this state of like overwhelm and almost like sheer panic, all these kind of natural things that we do to maintain a healthy life go out the window. Cause it's, mm-hmm. we're just so elevated in our emotions. Like everything is so elevated. It's like peak, you know, you're, you're freaking out. You want to change something like, 
but the, like you said, the easiest or the, the, the solution is usually the simplest to the, the most extreme feelings or the most extreme emotions that are coming up. It's so true. Yeah. And I, so I agree. And I think COVID and the pandemic had me dive deeper into that. Yeah. And like what the tools that I was using weren't, they were effective, but not as effective as, you know, when we were homeschooling and Mm. that whole distance learning process. So I added in, you know, gosh, meditation has been huge and I don't do it for like 10 minutes. I, I literally meditate for a few minutes a day. Yeah. And the, the, how it applies when you do it consistently is just honestly pausing for enough seconds to take a deep breath. Yeah. And before you make any rash decisions, um, and like calming tea, which I'm drinking right now and just certain things to help with this overwhelm with this, you know, that was the main reason why I drank was overwhelm and, uh, anxiety. So how can I manage that better in sobriety? So when life does get hard, yeah. Which when it, it will. Which it will, there's going to be hers curveballs, you know, they canceled school yesterday. Things are going to come up. Yeah. How can, because we've been doing the work in the off season is what I like to call it yeah. consistently of, Hey, moving our body, taking care of ourselves, uh, sleeping. I had God sleep is so important yeah. that it's easier to apply those tools because we've done the work in the, in the off season. So yeah, when life shit hits a fan. Yeah. Okay. Calm down. What can I do? Okay. Let's go. Yeah. Let's uh, put in the all-star so players. Just getting them in the practice. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I, I feel like when that happens and if you don't practice this stuff, it's already too late because mm. you're going to revert back to old behaviors and old habits. But, right. um, but yeah, it's all, it's honestly really about self-care. And I think sobriety is the biggest act of self-care is not putting something toxic, uh, into your body that alters who you are, yeah. but, but sobriety can be all sorts of things. And I think that's, what's so cool about getting sober now is that there's so many different methods and there's no right method. Yes. It's whatever feels right to you. And it's not a certain guidelines. It's what keeps you sober. And you keep on that path of finding these other tools that you can apply that help in your recovery. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm a huge fan of laying on the living room floor (laughs) as a tool. Um, For some reason, it's just like, it's so hard. Like this sounds really funny, but like the, my living room floor is really solid. Like it's just a really solid piece of, I don't know what's under there or what's happening what the subfloor is or what what's going on in that particular part of my house but it just it feels like i can put my whole weight down and i am completely supported and it's really comforting i love that yeah it's really really and comforting i just spread out there for like five how minutes. long do you lay there oh five minutes yeah and i'm like oh. I- Okay. And that's kind of like your meditation almost. Yeah. And I think if you're a go, go, go person, it's, I can completely relate to that. It's really hard for me to slow down. Yeah. And I always, 
I always diss meditation because I'm like, I don't have time to just sit here and breathe and think about nothing. I have shit to do. And I'm like, this is such a waste of time. And I get that from so many people. Like I'm so bad at it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's the point is you're supposed to be bad. And you're training your mind to not to to come back and to not go off into like, oh yeah, this, this is the act of catching yourself is the meditation because when my daughter loses her shit, it helps me and I shall see me and I'm like, close my eyes. I'm like, okay, before I yell, just like take a deep breath. <laughs> and like, that's the moments where it comes into play. It's like, so I don't just yeah. lash out at her. Cause that's super triggering to me is my kids are having a meltdown yeah. and I really want to be like, shut up. But no, I'm just like, just calm down. Okay. Just take a deep breath. Yeah. All right. Everything's great. Uh, or like not, everything's but... not great, but okay. How do we go it's about fine. this? It's without... fine. Everything's good. Yeah. Without creating more damage or more chaos. Like how do we just manage this? That's Yeah. It. Yeah. And you just got to find what works for you. Maybe it's not, you know, laying on the floor or sitting and breathing. Maybe it's going outside or maybe you're coloring and doing something mindfulness that way. It's just a yeah. matter of learning to be okay with doing nothing Yeah, and sitting. And I think I got, I listened to this great podcast by the mindset mentor last week. And he was saying how we're so afraid of being bored and doing nothing because we're always on the run. Totally. And, oh God, I can feel that because I'm always go, go, go list, list, list. And and taking the time to just sit and do nothing Mm -hmm. is scares me almost. And that's all the more reason to do it is if it scares you. And if you don't like it, uh, to find something that works for you, but probably all the more reason to try it. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, I think the lasting benefits of it are so worth the discomfort of getting started. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I think that's the biggest misconception, especially when people are changing their relationship with alcohol is that they're going to be bored. It's like, mm-hmm. no, honey, it's called peace. <laughs> try it on. Um, yeah. I, I don't, like I don't understand. It's so funny. Cause we're also like comparing ourselves like that, that, um, like that piece of what like boredom looks like, or what's interesting is mainly, uh, comparing yourself to other people's like lives. Right. Cause I, mm-hmm. I don't know like who is out seven days a week, who has the most interesting life. Like I, that's just not, it's not sustainable. It's not, it's just, it doesn't happen. And if, and if you think it's happening, it's because it's like fabricated to like, make it look like it's like their life is like that. But for most people, like it's, yeah, life can be kind of boring. It's not like this insane roller coaster ride all the time. And that's not how life is supposed to be. Like that's, that's jacked up. That is fucking up your nervous system right there. That is not, it's just not a fun. It's not a a natural place to be. It's like, we are supposed to have these ebbs and flows. Some may think it's boredom, but it's actually like peace. Like not doing anything is, is peaceful. It can be peaceful, but because we're so jacked up all the time. Well, yeah. And I think your idea of fun, that's up to you to figure out. 
Yeah. And I still have things that, that I really love. I'm, I'm going to do the She Recovers conference coming up, which I'm super pumped for. But finding those things and yeah, that might not look like fun to other people. And I think that's just different personalities. Some people like to go out at night, but yeah. I love to go out in the morning. I, I love reading. I like to work out. I like to go to like craft fairs. I like to do all these things. I think we've just been sold this lie yeah. that we like that living this loud or traveling life is fun, but that's up for you to figure out. I have but, a huge um, confession. I yeah. do not like to travel. <laughs> like, yeah, it's exhausting. I don't like it. <laughs> After my last trip, like, I don't want to be. Where'd you like, go on away. your last trip? Dominican Republic. Oh, I listened to that. Yeah. I just started listening to that podcast. Not comfortable. But I also, like, I just don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm a princess. Maybe I'm like a little bit spoiled, but I just don't like being away from my home for like long extended periods of time. Well, and you're out of your routine too. Yeah. And you don't have your stuff. Yeah. And it's stressful to pack. It's stressful to travel. I do like to, to think of that for my kids of taking them different places. But I mean, when you think of like one of my triggers is packing because packing for three different people is like, my God, brutal like yeah that you think about but then you think yeah. okay this is all gonna be worth it because I'm experienced mm-hmm. stuff and yeah all like that those, stuff but like those nomadic lifestyles like if you seen on 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 uh Instagram where people are just like oh I'm in a like a new city or country like every month or like every couple of weeks I'm like Ugh. like nope no thanks not having it I can't even remember the last <laughs> place I traveled to I, I don't even know. That's how awesome, like how fun, if you think my life is, but, um, yeah. what I was going to say, I completely forgot. Uh, like, how do you, okay. How do you keep your like sober life spicy? What's that? How do you keep your sober life spicy? Like, how do you keep it interesting Ooh, for you? Spicy. Yeah. Honestly, uh, trying new things. Okay. Uh, I, I, if for as a kid, I never wanted to try something if I was going to be bad at it. Yeah. So I, I am always, you know, even like live going to the country. I mean, I don't know if that's spicy, yeah. <laughs> but you know, and it's about trying new non-alcoholic beverages of, mm-hmm. uh, of getting in, involved with other women in, the, in this community of, yeah, trying something different. And yeah. I really, I guess, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, congratulations to my husband for pushing me to try these new things. He's always pushing me to like try stuff, even food. Yeah, yeah. I'm a picky eater. So he's like, try a blueberry or try <laughs> this. I'm like, no, it's like scary. <laughs> I don't it's know if it's like it and it's squishy and it tastes like an eyeball. I don't yeah. understand. Um, but yeah, I guess, and I don't know if it's spicy, but I think, yeah experiences are what I'm really into. And I wouldn't know that if I didn't just explore new things. Um, I really like like these personal growth conferences. Okay. I think, I don't know if that's spicy, but it's God, it lights me up and I feel alive. I feel like I'm on something because it's just like so high energy and you feel so good. And you're like on a high, even three days after. Yeah. And 
I would pay 10 times that for, for just what it gives within yourself and what it delivers. So doing more of those things of going on retreats of really connecting with other sober women, sorry, my dogs are right behind me (laughs) connecting with other sober women too, is, is really awesome. Yeah. So is it safe to say that it's like these little hints of maybe like uncomfortability? Yeah. Yeah. Like even doing this podcast. Yeah. Or, um, even my group coaching course, uh, anytime I go live or group coach, I always get nervous and it's, it makes me so uncomfortable, but I know I need to do more of it if it does, because if I don't, then I just keep living this, this same, same thing and nothing moves forward, Yeah, but it's okay. And I keep telling myself that, you know, I got my essential oils and all that stuff, but it's okay to feel nervous and uncomfortable and it's okay to fail at things and do crappy at things. But I only learn if I freaking do it and take action on it and nothing's going to happen. If if nothing changes that whole saying of nothing changes, if nothing changes. Right. Uh, And over this past year of launching into this and just doing it, knowing knowing there's going to be hiccups along the way, but that's the only way to learn. Yeah. Definitely. It's so funny. Like we're, it's like, we want this uncomfortable, like feeling, but we don't like, we want to manage it. We want to control it. We want to like package it. So it suits us. Um, But yeah, I mean, a certain amount of like feeling uncomfortable or a certain amount of stress is actually healthy. Yeah, it is. It's going to like, it's going to like propel you forward. That's where growth comes from. That's where expansion comes from but we're so used to like having these like huge, like ups and downs that it's, it's um, like uncomfortability and the stress seems detrimental. But if we can, you know, implement these tools to kind of like to manage and to, um, I don't know, not necessarily control, but like have to take care of yourself. Yeah. A healthy dose. Yeah. It's like a healthy dose of self-care. Yeah. Like a little, you know, uh, I always, I say, go to work on yourself before you go to work on anybody else. But talking about being uncomfortable, I lived in the sober closet for four years. I didn't tell anybody. Mm. I, you know, I was a, tr- I went through AA. That was what I was told to do. Yeah. I got sober in 2013. So that was kind of the way to go. And that's what I was yeah. taught in treatment and sharing my story was very uncomfortable in the beginning. And I only got to that point because in 2017, I started as a beach body coach, which was totally out of my character, but I followed this coach and I said, there's some, there's a reason why I'm following her Yeah, and maybe I should just try this. So I became a beach body coach and part of their whole process of sharing your story and networking and all that is to share your story. Yeah. And before that, no one knew about what I was going through, except my husband and close family. and. Uh, and I could say I was living kind of like a dry drunk lifestyle. I I was going through the motions, but I was still like cross addicting into food. And I always felt like I needed to fill some hole within myself. I don't know if that makes any, any sense, but I was still find myself like numbing out in certain other ways. But I, within two weeks of doing that, I came out, I like to call it my coming out post as a 
Hi, yeah. Jen. I'm Jen. I'm an alcoholic on Facebook before I went to a meeting and yeah, I just received so much encouragement from that. And I, I poured my heart out in about two minutes and it was so easy for me to write. And I think that's because I've been keeping so much in for so long that mm. having a platform to start sharing that and just ripping off the bandaid yeah. and not caring what other people think, because it was such a huge part of who I was, but no one knew that. Yeah. And it was, it was such a relief, honestly, when, when I did it, cause then I didn't have to hide anymore. Mm. And I'd realized because I still have a full-time job. I still have a full-time job today, but I slowly realized when I started sharing these breadcrumbs about my history with drinking and sobriety and how I stay sober, I got more and more questions and it really turned into, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. I think I'm supposed to be sharing my story. And I think I have something to share for other women because I'm already coaching women because they would message me uh, with saying they're struggling or how did you do this? I'm struggling with this. And I would start messaging and just talking to them. Yeah. And I fell in love with it and, and I get lit up and it, I don't, there's no better feeling than hearing from someone saying that you've helped them in some sort of way. And you just can't put a price tag on that. So it really, you know, a couple years ago, that really started fruition within myself of, okay, I'm going to start doing this. And now it's my passion and it's uh, what I love to do and what I continue to do. And um, it's also helped me on my sobriety is to talk with other women. And now that's all I talk about. It was something that I was so nervous to talk about for so long that now it's really what I love to talk about. And I think, you know, nothing changes if we stay silent. And I think it's so cool because more and more people are coming out and sharing and taking ownership in their sobriety and owning it and feeling confident with it. So I always say, own your sobriety. Like it's nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah. And the more that we can embrace it as part of who we are, and it's not that we're a bad person, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. The more people we can encourage if they're struggling and questioning their relationship with alcohol that, Hey, it's, you don't got it. You don't have to do it alone. It can happen to anybody and there's a way out, but you yeah. don't have to do it, do it by yourself. And there's many tools to do that. But I think ownership and confidence within that decision and acceptance is, is mm. key. Yeah. Acceptance is key for sure. Yeah. That's, I think that's acceptance the ticket. before anything. Yeah. That's like the whole journey of life is like acceptance. I'm coming to realize. No, and one thing I say to myself all the time is accept the things I can't change because I'm always trying yeah. to change things. And then yeah. I, I literally coach myself all the time saying, okay, I, can I, I can't change this. All right. Yeah. It's just helped. It's so simple. But things of, you know, like the past or other people or things that drove me to drink in the past of, oh, why do they do this? And I wish this was like this, mm. but understanding that, okay, if I just accept the situation and realize, is there anything I can do to change that? Yeah. No. Or maybe yeah. I could, maybe it's my own actions. And really that's all we can change is our own actions, but yeah, it's helped in every single aspect of alleviating that anxiety or or a frustration or irritability, just understanding yeah. that I can't change it. So I could fight yeah. it, 
Yeah. Or I could just be like, all right, I can't do anything. So let's try to move on. Yeah. Here we are. This here we is are. reality. Is this what is, is what acceptance yes. looks like. <laughs> yeah. And acceptance that this is your thing. Maybe if you're sober curious or yeah. maybe you've struggled with alcohol or yeah. Acceptance that, yeah, this is our thing. And yeah, just like something else is someone else's thing. Uh, it could be anything, but this is our thing and it, it will never stop. I think Laura McGowan says that it will never stop being our thing until we face it, but it's has helped. Yeah. Definitely. Jen, where can we find you on the World Wide Web? Yes. Yeah, so you can go to my Instagram page at Jen Lee Hurst. Also, okay. you can go to my website at livingzeroproof.com. Okay. And that's really where I tend to hang out most. I'm also on Facebook, but I really tend to hang, like to hang out on Instagram. Cool. Great. And all your information and your programs, you have uh, a, a coaching program coming up uh, at the end next month, then everyone yes, can get information there. Okay. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. So, well, I'll, it's a 12 week group coaching course for women. So I think early bird registration starts April 11th. And then okay. yes, we start May 9th to take you all throughout the, the summer. And I really like to do it together. Just like you do group coaching as yeah. we really need to be in a community and do this and go through this together. Uh, cause that's, the key to lasting sobriety is knowing that you're not alone in this and you don't have to do it alone, that there's a million other women who are questioning their relationship or also in this journey as well. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Jen, thank you so much for your time and your experience and your knowledge. It's been awesome to talk to you. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all that you're doing for the sober community as well. I love listening to your podcast and watching your social page and all that you put out too. (laughs) Thank you. I completely agree with Jen that we heal together. We can heal together. We do not have to do this alone. It is extremely beneficial to be around like-minded women who think, feel, you know, speak the same language that you do when it comes to your relationship with alcohol. That is why Sober Girl Social Club is so important and pivotal in changing your relationship with alcohol. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com to sign up now. We have four to five support circles each and every week to help you led by certified coaches to put that extra pep in your sobriety step. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com for tips, tricks, anything you need at any stage of your recovery journey. We have you covered. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, leave some feedback about the podcast. We love to hear your comments and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at a sober girls guide. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.